You're listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode eight of season four, and this one's called Dance Magic Dance. I'm your host, Detached. Hey, guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. We hope you guys are doing well wherever you are. We know that everybody is still in quarantine, but thanks for stopping by, and we hope you guys enjoy the show. In this episode, we're going to discuss some recent release videos regarding Last of Us 2 and Baldur's Gate 3, cover some rumors and possible leaks regarding GTA 6, and talk about the MMO that has finally and officially come to the U.S., Fantasy Star Online 2. We'll wrap up this episode in talking about the streaming shows and TV series that we have enjoyed and watched again recently, and go over some uh, changes and uh, streaming software that we each use. And I don't got to get into talking about uh, what we've been up to, but it's talking about Last of Us 2 and Baldur's Gate. It's like I want to jump right into them. I know I do, too, <laughs> uh, because <laughs> I really don't have anything. To, well, I mean, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about, but, you know, we could chase rabbits all night long. Right. Well, I mean, so there is one thing I want to bring up, and that is that I've uh, on stream started playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And I cannot believe I've lasted this long and not played that game. It looks so good. Oh, my goodness. It uh, when I saw the trailers for it. Um, I initially was disappointed. I was like, how uh, this doesn't. Something to how they were doing the trailers. It just wasn't looking good on my side. Um, I wasn't impressed with the graphic quality. The way they they did the trailer, the story wasn't like really hooking me yet. Um, and uh, and then I, I, I didn't keep up with it. And uh, so I, I just kind of, OK, it's released and then I played some other games. Uh, didn't actually get it right off the bat. I was then I heard good things about it uh, from several streamers that I follow. Uh, and so I was like, OK, all right. Um, I'll, I'll check it out. And uh, so found it on sale on an epic sale. Grabbed it and and decided, you know what? Uh, I got I actually tried to play it solo, solo and off stream. And I got an hour into it. And I realized this is a game I need to put on stream. I need to play, you know, it, it, it's perfect in how it built because you got to think about it plays a lot like Dark, Dark Souls in its yeah, combat and in, in what you do in the game, uh, how you think about, you know, dealing with multiple enemies, the bosses, everything like that. Yeah, it, it definitely has that Dark, feel, uh, dark Soul feel to it. Yeah, it, it is the perfect blend uh, that I would say is between Dark Souls and Star Wars with what they pulled off there. Um, and along with that, I decided to challenge myself for first time playthrough. I play, I'm going through it on the hardest difficulty. It is punishing. No doubt about that. But I mean, it takes me right back to those dark souls times, those dark soul playthroughs I did. Oh yeah. How many times have you died so far? Uh, latest count was 72 times. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes you'll, you'll go burn through six or seven 
deaths in a row because you're fighting this one mob. He's right next to respawn. And uh, I purposely on a couple of them just decided to learn how to fight this guy. And I, I died some more on purpose. Yeah. To him. A lot of the deaths is just, uh, you know, just simple. There's a boss. One time I almost one shot, uh, but my my finger slipped off the thumb at the worst moment. And I ended up dying. So I had to take that. But being at the hardest difficulty, those little slip ups, those little just quick missteps, you're dead. Some enemies one shot you if, if they're doing a power hat, power hit or anything like that. Uh, but when you get down to the flow of combat and are able to walk in a room, see three melees and five ranged units, usually stormtroopers, take all five of them out by deflecting bolts back to them. And then engage one by one with each melee and come out of it unscathed. Great. It, it's just an awesome feeling. Or go in and one shot a boss because you're on the hardest difficulty. Oh, it feels so good. Like I said, it takes no. you right back to those, those times that, you know, if anybody's played Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and you did that there. You came across a new enemy, you overcame it, or you came across a boss, and you. You died a lot to it, but you figured figure out how the boss fought. You, you were able to counter move it and you pulled it off. So good. Like I am biting at the bit to get back to play, but I got to wait till stream again. <laughs> now, does I, I really uh, playing just playing this on hard mode make the stormtroopers shoot any better or do they still miss everything? No, they are actually pr- they're actually very accurate. Yeah, uh, if you <laughs> let funny. them about every Every bolt will hit uh, almost. So, so it's uh, not accurate from a Star Wars point. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. They do miss some, and they are actually, uh, in some cases, pretty. Uh, you you can get them to be friendly fire to their enemies, especially the rocket troopers. Interesting, because they'll they'll fire at your last position, and so you can dodge out of the way. Well, their 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 dumb ally, the uh, uh, baton trooper. He was charging at you, trying to shock you. Well, he jumps right in the way of the rocket. He dies. So I've had some pretty hilarious moments regarding that. That's really cool. But regarding the game, graphics on PC, because uh, I, I have everything maxed out on graphics. Look phenomenal. Yeah, they look really good on stream. Absolutely amazing. The soundtrack. Uh, this... Soundtrack yeah. is really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially the opening song, which you hear a couple times mentioned and is confirmed in game to be a canon band. Because uh, there's one point when I went against uh, in a gladiator arena and the song was playing and your character, Cal, actually goes, hey, I recognize that band. There you go. I, I remember hearing that. Yeah. Confirmed canon right there that at least the song and whatever in-game band played it. Uh, so good. Uh, they have that because they they play it at the very first opening scene of the game just gets you hooked just gets you hooked Mm. on it it's it's nothing it's uh doesn't even feel like star warsy really the song it's uh it was actually produced created by um a mongolian band they uh out there that's crazy they were they were contracted out to do it so well they sound amazing yeah, so yeah. That's that's what I've been 
uh plane at least that's cool uh working on um i decided to go back to assassin's creed odyssey and finish that nice. story and i'm loving it but i'm also regretting the decision of going back to play it because i'm 65 hours into the game and i'm level 25 <laughs> i it's something about these games assassin's creed grabs my completionist I have to just do everything like no other game. I, I see those question marks pop on the screen and I see all the things. Oh my God. It's so easy to just get distracted of what you're supposed to be doing. Oh yeah. And with Odyssey, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down and play it. And like after a total of three days ago, by you look at your play, your play time. You're like, how did I, how did I just put in 30 <laughs> hours to this game? I know, right. What, I was looking at my, the yeah. heck? I was looking at my time just a couple of days ago. You know, I'm thinking I'm 20. Well, maybe I'm 27 now. Level 27. I, I've got 65 hours in the game. What in the world <laughs> have I been doing? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I've been, I've been chasing down the lore. I've been chasing down just all the little side quests and different pieces. This time I've really just kind of been taking my time just to really just intake the game. Cause it, it's, Really is a beautifully done game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some so. of the some of the scenery shots. It just like you'll you'll climb to the top of a mountain and be able to look across Athens or that part oh of Greece gosh. area, and it just oof. yeah, wow, yeah, crazy good. So that's really all I've been doing when it comes to gaming. Outside of that, uh, I spend a little more time writing in our uh, in my short stories. So nice. Yeah, those are coming along nice. Uh, it's been cool to get back into just the whole writing habit again. Uh, it's been, it was good to take a break. It's always nice to take a break from writing. Uh, I think as writers and anybody that listens to the show, if you are a writer, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you can get in that mode of forcing yourself to write because you think you have to keep a schedule and you hit that wall harder than you do if you were just to sit down and enjoy a moment of writing. So, and I had gotten to that point because I was trying to keep a schedule every week, write a little bit, plot a little bit, draw something up. And, you know, it just took a lot. So yeah. took a break and kind of a fresh pair of eyes coming back into it. And, uh, I don't know if I told you, but the name of these short stories is called The Lost Hills of Andoria. There you go. That's that's yeah. Great title. So uh, there's actually seven short stories. Uh, and basically it is a short story that fits within the seven royal families of the main novel. In one form or fashion. So however that plays out. Do the short stories kind of span the entirety of the timeline that the books cover or? Um, not so much the entirety as it does. Think of a, a historian or maybe a bard that has gone on a trip and their recollection of what this character has done or did, or maybe even the character himself as he's gotten older. Maybe he has continued to write or even journaled along his journeys. 
So we're we're getting a hold of things after characters have potentially died, or you're getting little tidbits of a story that fill in time gaps. So not not a singing bard. Not a singing bard. Oh, okay. Because the only thing you said bard, and I was like, oh, toss a coin to your Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a singing bard. Okay. Though though they uh, do exist in the store. Okay. Yeah. That's really cool. That's good. They That's do a, exist in the store. It's a really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unique point to have short stories. Because usually it's it's like the a third person, you know, you're sitting at the fourth wall looking in type viewpoint, like, like yeah. you read a book, right? Um, but then if you're, if you're, it's being told from a bard's perspective, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Well, what's, and this has been the really hard part. And this is one reason this has been a, uh, going on 12 year project. Actually almost 15 year project now. I originally started the very first story just a little over 15 years ago now. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, it's a long writing process. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I've been writing short stories since I was a kid. But this is something that started years ago when I was young. I think my wife and I had just first gotten married. And we, she kind of read over some of my material. Anyways, I had some character ideas back then, um, but everything, you know, life happens, takes time. Yeah. See, I, I can't imagine ever somebody like sitting down and writing a book just consistently, even on a time schedule, unless you've done like the 50,000 foot view of the book and you already have the timeline set out right it's hard and even then i can't even imagine that well and i mean the last time we got together and talked we we talked about just kind of the way my brain maps everything out and i actually did a writing not really a writing competition more of a writing uh, fellowship or a writing communion maybe anyways it was people all across the world and November is actually called the uh, month of writing. So there's a, a whole group of people out there during the month of November that get together and they kind of do a competition. And the goal is to write 50,000 words in a month, which is basically you write a novel in a month. And it was a fun experience. I've done it twice now. The best part about it is you get to meet some of the coolest writing mentors out there because it's not just amateur writers that are part of this. It's professional writers. It's published novelists. It's people that have published sci-fi and fantasy novels. It's really great. And getting to kind of glean that knowledge from people was the coolest part of that. So yeah. Uh, one of these days I hope to have all this done. I'm sure I'll be a old gray haired man and you know, 
maybe smoking a pipe somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Finally get the books out there. Maybe we it's a it's a dream of mine. Uh, There's seven novels, seven short stories. We'll see what happens. Very nice. Very nice. Maybe the short stories will hit and they tie in just enough to where they get people looking forward to the books. Then you have to write them. That'd be a choice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or they'll be people, people get upset. Yeah, now you'd be that author that's, you know, 12 years later and you still don't have the, uh, you don't have that like third book out. (laughs) Reminds me of the Inheritance series. If anybody listening has read that book series, it's very good. It's, it is good. uh, There was a movie made on it, Aragon. Um, Movie by itself. Okay. Based on the books, horrible. Uh, Books are so good. So good. Inherited series, highly recommend. Yeah, the books are great. Movie, don't watch it. But I think that's enough rabbit holes. That's a great transition for gaming topics. I think, yeah, right, right. I set that up. I, I totally yeah. did. That was not scripted. <laughs> nope. At all. At all. Was not. <laughs> and that leads us into our first two gaming topics. First one being. The news and little drip feeds we're getting regarding Last of Us 2. Uh, and it, it's one of those, the game is at a point right now where I, I kind of feel sorry for those that have been looking forward to it and where it's at right now because of these leaks that happened. Yeah. Uh, which I haven't even paid attention to. I've been purposely avoiding. Uh, Every time I see Last of Us 2, unless it's like official news article, I like quickly scroll down the tweet. I, I don't even read the first word. So what the leaks say, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen them or not. I've or tried what? to stay away from them because I, I genuinely want to finish this game series and see the story. So. But I know a little bit. I've, you know, just the way I am, you start browsing and you chase those rabbit holes and you jump down things. So, um, I think, I think people are just getting to the point where they're so ready to have content. <laughs> they're, they're digging at straws for anything that they can. Yeah. It, well, and, and especially for a, original game and now the sequel to it that has really had such it has a fan huge and loyal and dedicated fan base to it rightfully so last of us has got top marks for it uh and then to have whatever was in those leaks hit some people took it negatively yeah uh but we will be focusing on a the release trailer that they came out with, kind of more, more talking about the story, even though not really revealing a whole lot <laughs> that we haven't no, already haven't already seen really. Yeah, I don't think it revealed a whole lot. Uh, uh-uh. uh, which you could say is a you know they kind of needed to reset the storyline of, especially the, for those that saw the leaks and everything out there. But it looks, uh, from what we see, it's 
Let's see here. Um, it may actually tie into, and I didn't actually know this existed until I read an article on it. What we see at the beginning of the trailer, uh, where we see Joel playing some guitar, uh, and Ellie sitting there, you know, reminiscing or whatever it may be, actually ties back to a live action performance done as kind of an epilogue to Last of Us. Where a lot of the actors that actually voice those characters in game came out to then act on stage. It was like this closed event. I didn't even know it took place until I read this article. Uh, it was called uh, Last of Us One Night to Live. Oh, I, I did see a tweet on this. I didn't actually see the event, though. Yeah, well, that's, I, um, as far as I know, there's no actual video of it because it was one of those closed events. Asked nobody to record it. They didn't even record it. So, uh, only thing we can kind of piece together uh, is people retelling of what took place in it. And it was... Um, it was ju just a short event where uh, Ellie and Joel are now at the settlement where they have taken refuge. And um, you can kind of see there's been some tension between Joel and Ellie because... Uh, spoiler alerts for those that have not played Last of Us. Joel told Ellie that although the entire game, you know, up, up to this end point of the game, she believed that if she got to certain people, they could use her blood to get a cure for this virus. But at the end of the game, Joel tells Ellie, no, that's actually not true. That's what he tells her. What he doesn't tell her is it's actually true that they could, but in doing so, would kill her. And he's not willing to go through that loss again after losing his family at the beginning of Last of Us. Yeah. So it plays out where you see this. this there's been this tension, this, this distance between the two. Um, and the entirety of the play is just him playing his guitar. Her finally, um, you know, there's some connection now back. But it leads right into what we see in the trailer, where the, uh, we see the guitar being played. The first part of the trailer, I should say. But then something happens. I, I am putting it down as somebody important to her dies. Or uh, something happens there where she becomes hardened. She wants to go after these people. At least that's the way I took the trailer. I don't know what if you saw that the same way. Yeah, it almost felt like a revenge. Yeah. Thing that was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I definitely kind of got the feeling that somebody close to her had died. Um, so she's she's definitely out for blood, it feels like. Yeah, and all throughout the trailer, we're, we're seeing this, at least it's portraying her as a much more, much darker Ellie. Much yeah, definitely where, not like where, it was from uh, number one. Yes. Yep. Like, she did things that no kid should ever have to be, or, 
or do oh. for survival, but it was right. never out of malice. It was pure survival. It was pure survival. Yeah, the original Last of Us, just from the story, and again, I've never finished it. I've only played just a few minutes of it. And uh, yeah, pure survival. The, the story, I hope, from everything that I know on it, from Last of Us 2, continues with that. I don't know, there was a, there was a misty and kind of a thrill uh, mystery that went with this. They just kind of kept you on the edge of your seat. And that's what really, uh, I think, drew everybody into this game. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you, you see a lot of um, the, the fallout of the virus where everybody's taking shelter and, um, and, and trying to figure out or just survive the initial onslaught of the virus. And then you play the game through the surviving the, the establishment that is the virus, the new world as the virus is now in it. So, right. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to try to stay away from the, I will definitely be trying my hardest to stay away from leaks. Cause I plan on, um, going back through and actually, uh, you know, doing a back-to-back Last of Us 1 to 2 playthrough to reconnect That'll on be that. That'll cool. Yeah. Because uh, even still, Last of Us 1 holds up great. You can see a little bit of aging for it. Uh, it's still not bad. No. No. Uh, just, just, just minor things uh, from, you know, gameplay style and the time that it leads to kind of changes in movement and combat and all that. Um, but the stories. <laughs> story will be you know it's, it's still phenomenal um and uh, depending on how they execute the revenge part of what we saw on the trailer or well, at least that's where we're taking it as that may be a good thing for the story it may be a kind of uh what's the what's the term i'm thinking of um single-minded or shallow mm. storytelling right i don't expect that of and i wanted to say it's naughty dog right i believe it, so yes naughty dog i don't dog. i don't see yeah. that of naughty dog at all they're a good storyteller yes so i expect them to really uh have a pristine story in regards to how this we're gonna say it's revenge how this revenge <laughs> is going to shape Ellie is going to change the story to, I don't, I don't see this being as the final. No, I'm already seeing in a last of us three. Yeah. I, the story could go on for sure. Yeah. Um, it would be a, it would be a nice trilogy. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening. So. I don't know. Did you, did you have anything else to call out regarding the trailer? Mm, nothing that I really stood out. I mean, from a, from a gameplay standpoint, like I said, I'm trying to stay away from most of it because I'm like you, I want to play through and, uh, and experience without those leaks. So trying to stay away from it best I can. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. That's hard. 
<laughs> Which uh, I just wanted. Last of Us is going to be a PlayStation Four game, so yes, it'll be the kind of I, I see this as being the um, capstone to PlayStation Four. This will be the big hurrah to send off the PlayStation yeah. Four as we go into the next generation this holiday. Yeah, I believe so. It'd be a good one. All right. Next then, up, we've got Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Yeah. One do we have uh, a, a? I don't think we've got a launch date on this one yet, do we? Uh, let me check. I don't think they announced one. Yeah, I think they're still playing coy with the launch date on it. Yeah. Yeah, it just says release date to be announced. Yeah. Yeah, all I'm seeing is likely to be released in 2020. But Larian Studios, if we get a delay from it, it's because they still need to work on it. Um, they have, I mean, the two games I know them by are the two phenomenal games of Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. Yeah, which is great. And those games at launch were amazing. That's one thing about Larian, is they don't put out a partially baked game. Yep. They make sure it is. We only like that two games that are uh, similar to each other. Uh, Right. And I mean, they do have some before that. They have some older games, divine divinity, uh, some divinity Two, flames of vengeance, which I have, but never actually touched to check them out. There's even a divinity dragon commander. I got to say that just sounds really cool. Not played. I've not played that one. Uh, real-time strategy game, and from the clip, it looks like airplanes and dragons. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, but from what they did with original and how they how they keep in contact with their fan base and um, you know address things and, and work through game yeah. combat, the only thing I see being an issue is those that have been. Uh, played through and, and adore Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, which I confess I have not played. Oh, they're great. Uh, e- either of them. Uh, maybe I'll go back and play Baldur's Gate 2. Because I think there's a remaster of it that came there out. Is. Yep. Uh, of, was it one or just two? There was two. Did they remaster both of them? I don't think there was a remaster of one. I think it was just two. Oh, there's an enhanced edition of two confirmed. Right. But I don't think one got one. Let's see here. Uh, well, some of these titles are saying, and, and notes are saying, enhanced for both. So, oh, okay. Anyway. Well, maybe I'll have to go uh, back and get them again. Yeah, of course they're gonna be stupid cheap. So, right. Go grab them on your Steam sales and get them like believe pennies. You did not play the. I don't know why. I think it was at a time I hadn't really got into the that top-down RPG yet. Okay. Well, Let's see, Baldur's Gate Three is not going to be a top-down strategy RPG game. Uh. Because it, and looking at the 
Um, I watched some people play it. But it seems like the mechanics just are a, a precursor to what we experience inside of like Pathfinder or Pillars of Eternity, Divinity Original Sin, where it's mm-hmm. top down. Um, story. Uh, I don't know about combat. Was combat uh, like turn based or was it just live? I want to say it was turn-based. Okay. I know the first one was turn-based. I don't remember about the second one. See, that's what I I really enjoyed about uh, Original Sin. Um, Both of them is that every combat scenario was a complete turn-based system. Flawlessly executed in that there was no loading screen or anything like that. It just... You met an enemy, you immediately went into combat. And it was so smooth. So smooth. Seems like they're bringing that mechanic to Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, which, why we have it on here is they came out with a... Uh, a kind of teaser trailer for gameplay. <laughs> you can Baldur's call Gate it 3. that. Huh? So you can call it that. Yeah, I mean, there's it, it's it's not very long. Let's see here. I think it, oh, it was not even a minute long. Yeah, it was it was only like 45 seconds. Yeah, 40 seconds. Long, yeah. But it shows off some gameplay. And obviously I was like, OK, yeah, I see. I see your fingerprint from original sin one and two in there, uh, Larian. Because they were loud. There's, there's no doubt about it. You can see that um, the also the graphics that they're using, uh, pod, you, know, you know, same engine, but uh, it, it looks the same. Uh, they're probably introducing more dynamic uh, environment to go with the combat that they're wanting to introduce. Because it's not so yeah, much sure. individual turn base; it's now team based, team based turn. Correct. So teams go, which would be really cool to get hands on. But I was very, um, I I enjoyed watching all that was shown in there, different environments to go through. Uh, yeah. Now we need to get our hands on a story, story trailer. Well, there's a lot of lore in Baldur's Gate. There's a big yeah. story. So that's a piece, you know, I'm a story guy. So I hope they do a good job with the story. They keep it concisive and uh, bring everything together with the first and second one to continue things. So. Yeah, that's I like I was tempted to go read like synopsis of Baldur's Gate one and two. And I may do that for one, but then play two. To get good. ready for three. Yeah, I may, uh, I may pick up two again just to replay that and figure out the story again. I mean, it's been a long time since I've played it, <laughs> but they are great stories. Yep. And, and Larian Studios is also another uh, developer that's excellent at telling a story um, and oh, telling absolutely. side stories and little little tidbits and creating a lore environment. Of course, they're coming into a coming into a community that has already a very established lore system. So 
taking that and moving on with it. it it's like they're being handed a, a silver platter here. Like, OK, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're already they're already given this excellent, you know, system here. It's like, OK, add to it. And I know they can. Yeah, I mean, just the samples that we've gotten look so good, clean. The game itself, like you said, has got a great platform to build off of. So this one I'm really excited for. It's definitely one that'll be a pre-order for me. I know we've got another big reveal coming next week. Yep, I believe June, so. June 6th. Yeah. Um, I think there's actually an event going on that day, which we part of the... Let's see here. Because Sony's event is June 4th. And then... Let's see, what was... PC gaming show. That's it. June 6th. So, so it is going to be on the PC of... gaming. Say what? It is going to be on the PC gaming. Uh, let's. It would make sense for them to put it on there. Uh, but it may they may do something beforehand. Stadia kind of likes to do their own thing pre stuff. I don't see any confirmation that they'll be in it but I, i'd expect them to be part of it probably one of the big big hitters for the pc gaming is talking about this you know very liked uh not genre it's a story this very liked story that's now getting a sequel to yeah or a third game too so we'll yeah, find out one, more uh, coming about a week about a week this one's got a big following too. I know when the uh, release or like the little teaser for Baldur's Gate three was originally released, the crowds just went flipping ape nuts. Yeah. I mean, cause nobody, I can't even remember if there's leaks about it. No, I don't think like, there was. I, I think at most we had whispers. Like it was just like Baldur's Gate three. What? What? And it that was, was a it. big that's surprise. That, that's as far as they got. And then they released that uh, cinematic trailer. Oh, yeah. People lost it. Because they won it. Yeah, this one's been a big ask. Yeah. So, June 6th, we'll find out more. Probably in another in-depth like we had of their previous... Um, uh, basically, where he, he did kind of a short, like, beginning gameplay of of it but i see i see what is going to be talked about it needs to be uh you know talk more about the story maybe your character development uh dialogue uh any other type of uh maybe a crafting system oh come on please please, oh, please have a crafting i would love system. to have a crafting system because that what uh there was a crafting system in in um original sin one and two now be it it didn't have the best depth to it, but there was a lot to it. So. But honestly, you can't yeah, have that's... an RPG without a crafting system. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have that, then you don't qualify. <laughs> you don't qualify to be an RPG. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and actually, uh, the plan is that I will be 
uh, co-streaming that with Kidley um, June sixth. Oh. So very nice. We'll be co-streaming the PC gaming show when that does happen. So looking forward to that. I will have to tune in. And all those out there listening, feel free to tune in or tune in to your favorite channel that is co-streaming that or streaming that or the actual PC Gaming Show channel, which I sure will be across all the platforms as they like to be. So that's a shameless plug for Twitch promotion right there. Uh, Yes. uh, Co-host channel. Twitch.tv forward slash Victus ATG. Just uh, know that's the channel you need to tune into. Just put that there. I'll just make sure that that, uh, you know, has a beep goes across <laughs> and then picks back up, you know, <laughs> happened to be when the actual record hits that, that there was a great fight as I sit here talk. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And we have some rumors, leaks. I don't a rumor at best. Is, is it rumor at best? Okay. I think rumor at best. Yeah. Everything that I've seen, this was all related to kind of a financial call for the studio. And I think that's really where this kind of came from. We're talking about GTA 6 and a potential release date for it. Yeah, which there is none. (laughs) There is none. Officially. Right. Officially. uh, There was a, I don't even remember who released it. There was a article that came out and it was all based off of a financial statement yep, or a financial call, like how the company was doing. And this is, like I said, rumor best, but they're thinking potentially 2023, we could maybe see GTA six. Uh, or yeah, uh, I've seen reports of that based on notes from two different uh, Twitter users out there that one reported that GTA six was halfway done. Then another reported um, that early stages of testing, which those are about as vague as you can get for uh, a development of a game. Pretty Pretty vague. Uh, Schreer actually commented on Jason Schreer, um, very notable and respected um, reporter, uh, article writer of of gaming content or, or uh, and technology. Uh, he has is great. He has a lot of connections within the community and is is able to get uh, usually information better than anyone out there. Um, and he he basically you know it's he said not what fans want to hear but the games is years away transition to that financial report where uh, let's see here a combination of where they see take two which is the parent company uh, plans to spend 89 million of marketing during you know 12 month period between 2023 and 24 like okay that's a lot on marketing 
80, what are they planning for? 80 plus million. <laughs> 89 million on advertisement. Uh, and for, for gaming right there. But I mean, looking back, I think GTA 5 had a stupid number. Like a lot of the, a lot of the big games that have had a, a, a massive following have made boo koodles of money. Have there's been a lot of advertising for them. Yeah. So, well, and Rockstar, that's a drop in the bucket for them. Yeah. I, I mean, they they've made, got some. I, I think the revenue on, on, on GTA total is GTA 5 is like a, uh, it's a billion. Yeah, I think it's so. Yeah, it's, it's been obscene of how much money they made from that game. It's not, not Fortnite level, but for, for a, uh, type of game that GTA 5 is, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, and then you've got the Red Dead series. Red Dead 2 also made them a lot of money as well. <laughs> a lot. Did very well. Um, it didn't have quite the system to allow for the money making that was GTA. Right. Because they had a whole, you know, you had to, you could buy in-game currency to then purchase you know, GT online stuff. Um, some could argue that was kind of a pay to win type situation because, you know, you could buy these really fancy cars. Uh, you could get these really awesome weapons and houses and everything like that. With with the money, because you just buy the, the currency. So, but I mean, they made money hand over fist with it. So, Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most popular game series out there. People still play it like mad. Yeah. Uh, looks like um, because of this launch date being three years after the, the next gen of consoles released, this will be kind of a next gen exclusive game, which is not surprising. That's three years after we hit the new consoles. That would be well beyond, I would think that we are phasing out what is Xbox one and PlayStation four. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we'll see. Yep. We will see in, in a couple years. Once we get some more information. Yeah. We still got a lot to go on. Yep. And our last game to talk about for podcast, uh, is one I've always kind of just, heard on the fringes of hey if you want a mmo that's really good you could set your server to japan and play or set your you know get a vpn over to japan and play fantasy star online too Um, i've never done it i've i haven't either because i was either had another another mmo at the time or wasn't into mmos you know right kind of got burnt out of them but uh uh they finally have released Fantasy Star Online 2 as uh, onto the Xbox slash Windows platform. So as you know, as US, you can now get it and play it. Free to play MMO. Um, I have to say it looks really good. It's uh, yeah, it does. It looks great. Yeah, looks really good. It's it's the instant combat of what you've come to expect of Devil May Cry with an environment of monster fighting of kind of a little bit of monster hunter, where there's just big monsters for you to fight. 
Yeah. Uh, mixed with future anime style, you know, your your uh, kind of the Final tech. Fantasy look. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, you're, you know, you got uh, futuristic swords, weapons uh, to fight with. Sometimes you can fly a little bit. You have abilities. You have classes. And on top of that, subclasses you get to pick from. Uh, and it's, you know, and all of it is based around the quest. Uh, questing system. Or, you know, getting your mass amount of XP. Yeah, you get it from monsters, but doing quests is really where the core gameplay is at. But one good thing I've heard about it is that... Uh, the storyline, the storytelling is good. Yes, there's an overarching story, but there's a lot of good um, contained stories inside these quests that you could go and do. So that's um, cool. Have you watched gameplay on it? I've watched some gameplay on it. Okay. It's intriguing to me. I want to play it, but I don't have time to play it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where I'm at, too, with it. It's free to play. Um, they do have a microtransaction system that is um, more around the cosmetic side. Yeah. Um, no, no pay to win in, in any of the microtransactions. So um, think of those like, um, you know, those in Fortnite. They got a kind of pseudo battle pass system as well that they've introduced, which honestly, nowadays, it's not surprising that, that games have battle pass systems. Uh, it's an easy it's just way kind of where everybody is. Yeah, it's just where everybody is. It's an easy system that uh, you can use to track and work through and progress through for this season, as also a lot of games are moving to. So you have constant things to work on and unlock. Um, and then if you want to, you can purchase the gold tier of the Battle Pass, which also you can do in Fantasy Star Online 2. Uh, to unlock some other things, you know, it, I I honestly have no qualms with the battle pass system. I I played through a lot of, when I played Dauntless or um, what were some of Destiny course. So Destiny's got one now. Yeah. Yep. Dauntless's model was really good. Yep. Uh, looked like very similar to that. Where's Fortnite? Is, yep, Fortnite. One thing that has was really interesting is. When you go on these quests and go to the worlds, you will only see people that are on the same quest as you. Which is an amazing feature. Yeah. Most MMOs of this size don't have that ability. You just see everybody. Right. So it is cool that they can split things apart like that. Um, you know, if you're part of a big group and you've got people to play with great. But if you don't and you're trying to put together a public event, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think back to think about playing through world of Warcraft or in your case, Lord of the Rings online and you're on this quest. And I mean, you could have a high level dude come through and either help you or just, you know, you see him go through or you, um, uh, you have, People on completely different quests in your area. Um, and one thing it does take away uh, is that 
that that sense of you get to see everything at once. You can see everybody. Yeah. So it's a sense of expansion, a sense of exploration in a way. Because, you know, you're seeing you can go into an area in some of those MMOs where you're questing a low level and you see this big monster over on the hill. You can't take it on, not even for another 20 hours in the game. You can't take it on, but you see a, you know, micro ray group over their fight. You're like, that's really cool. You know, kind of camp out and watch the battle. You won't have that experience because of how they've structured the, you know, where you're always playing yeah. with people at the same quest. Yeah, I think with uh, this style of game, that definitely is going to set them apart. You know, it's going to have its plus and minuses, I think. Uh, you know, like you said, being that lobby and you see this amazing group of high level players that come by, you inspect them, you see what they can fight. But, you know, it's something like this. I think with uh, Fantasy Star, uh, they've got a ma- massive fan base. Yep. It's been a huge game for a long time. Uh, there's been a lot of excitement about uh, this whole launch coming over to Windows and Xbox here in the U.S. So I hope they can get some of the uh, bugs and issues that they've seen over the last uh, bit fixed. But I think one of the biggest things is they've got the hype from the streamers Mm -hmm. and they've got the hype from a lot of the bigger gamers on YouTube. So they're getting a lot of exposure and I think they'll do well or I hope they will anyways. So we'll see. Yeah, I I mean, from how it's from the community that stayed with it, you know, from it was in the Asia markets. Um, it very welcoming community over you know coming over to to here and even still, uh, from what I've seen and interacted, you know it's very welcoming community. They're always looking to help people or work you know work through issues, especially because there's a lot of depth to the game of menus to go through. But at the same time, there's a lot of cumbersome menus for you to get to like I want to check out my armor or change my armor or whatever it may be and you got to go through like four menus to get there um, so that's one negative to it but people are willing to help you it's 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 structured around the the idea that you know you're on your quest and you really need to help other people or yeah you know ask for it help seems for very yours. community yeah because you know, there's some quests that you're going to end up going against a raid boss. Right. And the, it's not so much a, a structured raid that you've been experiencing, like in Lord of the Rings online or those that are formed beforehand and you have assigned roles. It's much more chaotic. As <laughs> Sometimes people kind of just do their own thing. For the boss. <laughs> chaotic is a good word for that. Yeah. People kind of just do their own thing. They know what they, you know, there's an overarching goal to the boss fight. So. But yeah. Uh, I may tune in and, and watch some people play some more. Uh, as I know, there's some stream, streamers that have been lining up and scheduling it over the next couple of weeks. But. Yeah, I'll end up tuning in just to 
see it and see how things go. Mm-hmm. I honestly just don't think I'll have time to play it. So it's not really one on my radar right now. Yeah. Um, I've been keeping track of it just because of, you know, it's Fantasy Star, it's an MMO. And I love MMOs, but Lord of the Rings Online really has my attention again. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for all those that are interested, it is, it is free to play. Um, so you can go download it, no cost to you to check it out. Uh, a, uh, they, they do have a microtransaction system that can be to some people in your face, especially, you know, they, they kind of push it to you right when you get into the game or every time you get in the game. But then after that, they don't, it doesn't really pop up to you a whole lot. So. Yeah, that was, that was one, uh, one of the big kind of, kind of things people been following over the last couple weeks. Yeah, I'd say two to three weeks. So, end of games there. Move it on to our kind of film, film and TV, TV stuff. I want yeah. you to talk about yours first. I, I would like to talk uh, about that. Okay. Well, there has to be a question. Have you yeah. ever watched the original? Um, I don't even know what they are. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I will be an 80s nerd. Once again, you know me and my '80s stuff. Love Wait, those what '80s. What the '80s? I don't sci-fi see, fantasy films. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna give it like a five-second pause. And for anybody that knows who sang this song, I want you to find us on Twitter. If you're a friend, text me. I, whoever it is, name the artist that sang this song. And what movie it went with. It is one of the greatest films of all time. And the line of the song goes like this. Dance, magic dance. There is a famous artist. Unfortunately, he is no longer with us. He passed. But uh, this came from one of the greatest kind of fantasy mind creators of the 80s. Um, His name is Jim Henson. That may have gave it away right there. So, if you know who sang that song, you know who the artist is, you know what movie I'm talking about, find us on Twitter and shoot us a note. Text us, email us, whatever. Um, But, unfortunately, my co-host has not seen this movie. So, he has... uh, a lot of prerequisites to kind of catch up on. <laughs> I mean, I've always seen it like, I mean, you can't help but recognize the over the top uh, pictures that you see associated with Labyrinth. Yeah. And so when you, when you're going through a fandom or, or looking up those fantasy uh, series or TV shows, I mean, you're going to come across it. And you're going to see the characters well, that are on it. So I, I remember that much of it, but I've never actually checked into it and, and watched it. Well, now you, ha- now you should. Okay. Yeah, definitely should. Uh, it's a great kids movie. Uh, like I said, it's one of those that I grew up on. Uh, my kids have grown up on it as well. You know, I love Jim Henson's movies and his just 
he was such a visionary for creating unique worlds and characters. So I've loved everything he did. Of course, he's passed. So, but the Henson Studios is still around. So if you guys have ever watched Labyrinth, then that song Dance, Magic Dance, I'm sure you understand and know where I'm coming from on that. It's one of the catchiest tunes from the 80s that the artist David Bowie sang. And uh, if you've ever watched The Labyrinth, then you've seen him wear his tight leather pants and sing to a group of goblins. Uh, Well worth your watch. (laughs) The movie itself, back from the original movie, and uh, let's see, 1986? Yeah, 1986. The original film came out. So, let's see, I was six. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the movie didn't really do all that well from a, like the critics didn't really call it out. They didn't give it a lot of great reviews. So fast forward, you know, 20 plus years later, the film is basically a cult following for fantasy heads. They love what Jim Henson did, the characters, just the, it was kind of this weird hybrid mix thing going on. It was a kind of a movie phenomenon because Jim was in the Henson studios was amazing at making puppets. And as you guys know, Jim Henson created the Muppets and he created a lot of just great technology for the film industry when it came to stop motion, a puppet design, animatronics. He created a lot of that stuff and just kind of paved the way. So Labyrinth is one to go watch. Uh, Definitely a massive cult feeling. And here we are 25 years later. And as of not yesterday, but day before, so the 28th of this month, it was announced there is a director that has been hired on to direct the sequel, not a reboot, a sequel. Now, how do we have a sequel without the Goblin King? And if you guys have ever watched The Labyrinth, then you know that David Bowie played the Labyrinth King. So I'm curious to find out what the story will be. But right now, we've got a writer, a director, and an announcement that they are in post-production of writing and getting their stories together. So the director that's been hired is actually... Uh, one that's got some experience under his belt, it's Scott Derrickson, and you'll know him because he directed Doctor Strange, and he's also been on the horror side of things. He directed a film called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, and he's a great storyteller. He is a good mystery and thriller guy, so it's cool to see him come back over into kind of the fantasy world. He did a great job of Doctor Strange. So I'm excited to see what they do. There's not really a whole lot of details out there as far as the film itself, where it's going, what time it's going to come in. They just released this a couple of days ago that they've got a clear runway 
Uh, everything's basically been signed off on. So script is in production right now. Director is looking for cast. And I'm hoping they will take some of the original cast, bring them back in, and I hope they keep to the same feel and the way the original film had this. I don't know. There's just such a fantasy that came with the movie. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. But I mean, we're, we're still talking really early. Like they, they announced it's just an idea, right? Literally right now, the writer and director have just started their script process. <laughs> so, like I said, it announced a couple of days ago. Um, they didn't say how long they had started and uh, really had this idea of how they were going to push things. I know it's something they had talked about years ago, but there was never any traction for it. And then here we are, you know, a couple of days ago, we get this blast of info on the internet that was a short little blurb from the director. Yeah. Oh, and see, with a sequel like that, what what made the original such a gem, I'm, not, I'm, I'm pacing this together just from, like, I, I was just watching the quick trailer for it, watching <laughs> some little bits and pieces of it. Um, I can immediately see the 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 lure to it because you have all the puppetry from oh, it was amazing. the characters in it, the costumes. Um, there's a certain charm to what they were able to pull off during yeah. the time period. The same type of charm you have in the, like the original Star Wars because the technology limitations at the time, they had to come up with creative ways to portray the idea and the vision that the directors have. Yeah. So but then coming and taking a taking a movie like that and bringing it up to the modern area where we have we have the technology to do anything and do it extremely well regarding, uh, you know, bringing a world to life with uh, CGI or anything like that. But at the same time. You're taken away from what. If they were to go that route, you're taken away from that charm that was seen, which you obviously knew it was it was a puppet. You could tell it wasn't a creature. But that that was part of the movie. That's that's why people follow it and keep up with it. That, you know, that's why you like it is is because of that. Yeah, this was one of my favorite movies back from the day. Uh, There was never really anything like it ever well and i had a massive crush on jennifer connelly back then too so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real yeah, reason i the, mean that's when she was young when she played this i mean she was just a teenager when she was cast into this film i think the character in the story uh let's see i was just reading the wiki she yeah she was 15 or 16 yep i think that- Let's put the character, yeah, 16-year-old Sarah Williams, who yeah. says from a book titled The Labyrinth yeah. in the park. That, that is the beginning of the plot line that I'm reading from Wikipedia. And then, then the, if you don't know anything about the movie, like the, the plot of really what was going on, basically Sarah had a younger brother, and 
typical older sister, little brother annoying her all the time. She made a wish that her little brother would just be gone. And one evening, the goblin king sent out his goblins. They snuck into the house and snatched old Toby away. So now she, uh, she gets kind of sucked into this magical fantasy world and has to go save her little brother. Meets a lot of cool people along the way, some little companions. And uh, yeah, it was, just a, it was just a really well done film. With David Bowie in it, it kind of became a musical. There's a lot of singing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that that video sent me the of the song that is what inspired our title for this episode. Uh, I was like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> At first, and I was I like, okay, that- I get it. Catch, I, I like it. It's a good song. Um, it's very to uh, David Bowie. Um, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I, I may I may slip a little bit of that song somewhere in the podcast somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Anyways, that was my well, kind of fantasy pick of news. It's yep. hard right now with film and television because there's just not a lot going on. Yep, uh, we're in the lull you know, right now. Of, we are uh, of TV shows, movies. Um, uh, of big stuff. Uh, we've had some boosts because a lot of a lot of movies have gone to direct to stream. So we've been able to, you know, like last podcast we covered Scooby Doo. Go watch it. Go rent it. It's great. It's great. Um, a good, good uh, callback and kind of reboot uh, of Scooby Doo. Um, hope it does more. But uh, I've actually gone back because we're in lull and watched again a series that is on Netflix that um, I originally, I originally didn't know a whole lot about this character. I, I, every time somebody mentioned Voltron, I was like, what you mean? The power Rangers knockoff. Is it is that what you're talking <laughs> about? I mean, that's literally what I said because I grew up on power Rangers. Right. And the whole idea of five, five, um, five, um, Friends usually are selected to be Power Rangers and they get Zords that then transform and become this mega Zord and they fight bad guys, right? Uh, I mean, there never really was an overarching story. It was just every Saturday you go watch these Power Rangers form a mega Zord and defeat the bad guy. So, but then. You know, I watched the Power Rangers, but. I never could. I never could make myself watch the movie that came out. Uh, yeah, it it's, it's don't it's if you're if you like how they structured the you know that you grew up with the Power Rangers and watched it and like the the theme song and what was done with it, the movie didn't do that justice at all. There there yeah. was multiple points when you're like they didn't do this, they didn't do this, they didn't do this. Basically, all they got right is before they become a Megazord, they were the pseudo animals and the Power Rangers had the right colors. Cool suits. No doubt about it. (laughs) Right. Those look really cool. But it, uh, in my opinion, it barely had the feeling of a Power Power Ranger uh, movie. 
but uh um so what i'm talking or after doing some research on it and checking out voltron i realized that netflix had started a production of a reboot of the animated series which was the original voltron and this one's called voltron legendary defender so after getting hooked on the animated tv series that was uh the last avatar and then its sequel which was legend of korra which my opinion were phenomenal um animated series definitely go watch them coming into this it was now i was experiencing the voltron storyline and the connection to characters and and how it plays out and realizing that yeah voltron and truthfully voltron was the original power rangers copied voltron in how they executed but what kept me watching it now rewatching it is the storyline they have the actual connection to the characters they stay the same throughout eight seasons now that uh the show went on uh let's see here yeah eight seasons it is it is it is done with production so it is now complete so you can go binge watch it right now on netflix um but it, it's so good so good for any of those uh, that have watched the last avatar or the legend of Korra, it's right up there with that production quality and storytelling some funny moments some of the episodes are just goofy um uh, you know they don't really tie into the main story at all but it's a constant constant movement of that story across of like what you would come to expect and and enjoyed from the avatar animated series and that one was really good. Yeah. Yeah, Avatar was good. Yeah, and because so, it was... Question. Go ahead. On the, the new Voltron series that Netflix uh-huh. has, is it a continuation of the old 80s Voltron? Or is it a new, it is a new, new thing? It is a reboot. Okay. okay. It, it tells a, a separate story about, about that. Um, interesting and because you know because of now they were able to create this animation with using today's technology compared to what was able to pull off previous points much cleaner there's much more graphical enhancements um some of the shots in there are just you know in very critical points of the story it's like yeah that was that was a great great shot there so there's a the end of the series ends in a very dramatic fashion like they continually have to one-up themselves throughout the movie because it's a story okay. like you have to have a bigger and badder enemy and the enemy they end with is whoa that's i'm just gonna leave it there so like you really took it there got it okay <laughs> i would highly recommend anybody that's into um watching anime series to go check it out so on netflix you can go binge it like i i did in the beginning because i actually caught it when they were about half i think there was three quarters away through the series they still had three more seasons to go and it was agonizing to get to the next episode what's the next one is it released now 
and, and going through it. So I'm gonna have to uh, go check it out. Yeah. Voltron was one of my favorites back from when I was a kid. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I go back and check out what you know the original Voltron. There's even a I just was reading about a Voltron Force that was apparently a movie or a small TV series that ran for one season. Go see that what that one's about. On a on a slightly slightly different note, Lego actually released a Voltron Lego set that is actually based off the original Voltron uh, from the first. Uh, I think it's called just Voltron, it, the one that was uh, created in eighty three and eighty five. And Lego made a set on that. Lego made a set on it, and okay. it's just like Voltron, where you have the five cats that could then combine into Voltron. He's got a sword, he's got a shield, and it, you don't have to take apart him. It, it is like you are forming Voltron with this set. I am currently Googling for this Lego set. I must have it in my life. <laughs> eBay <laughs> is where it's at yeah. right now, uh, right. because they actually discontinued the set. Uh, from Lego about four months ago. Yeah, I'm sure that sets like eighty-two thousand uh, dollars. It was across everything. They're like, "All right, I gotta have this." I mean, this was this was up there of the Millennium Falcon of Star Wars, or the for the Lego sets of how bad people wanted it. Yeah, but it is super cool because it it is the original Voltron. Although, since I've only watched the newest Voltron, and it it is a slightly different model. Um, much sleeker lines um, to it. Uh, I, I hope that becomes a set one day. But that would be a sweet set cool. to have. Super cool. And I, I recommend if you just want to look at I mean, you can go out and Google it on eBay or just Voltron Lego. You type in that in immediately. It'll pop up. Yeah, yeah that was I think. I think with the old Voltron. I, I don't know. There was just something about the old school Voltron that I loved for whatever reason, you know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Voltron, uh, yeah. all those old school cartoons. There was a Voltron that I do remember coming out a few years ago, and it had this weird Japanimation anime style to it. Uh, that would and have they, to be Voltron Force, because that's what I'm looking at right now, and it has that vibe to it. It, they, it just... The stories and the way things were laid out just were not good. Yeah. That would be why it only went for one season. IMDB gives it like a 6.8 for, for it. Whereas like in some areas of uh, reviewing uh, Ultron Legendary Fender, which is the most recent, had almost perfect scores. For each season. That's cool. For its storytelling and its sound effects and music. So good. So good. Well, I now have this saved in my uh, soon to watch list. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next, let me know. He's going to be talking about putting that set together. Oh, yep. Speaking of. We should do a Lego build soon. That's That'd what we should. Cool. Lego build. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool. 
I, I want to call that out because I've been watching it as, as a redo um, uh, because of the lull. And I'm only episode three in of season one, and it's join it again. It's amazing. Like I said, it's, it's on par with the quality that we saw in the last Avatar and Legend of Korra, in my opinion. Which were both amazing series. Yeah. Yeah, both were great. So. Well, done with film and TV. And we're going to talk a little tech. A little. A little bit. And I think you put this on there because of my great transition that I just went through. Yeah, I did. Software. Well, two reasons. One. I had been looking at other things because uh, Streamlabs is just kind of driving me nuts. There's so many little quirky things about it, and it's a little temperamental. So I had been looking at some other things, and uh, Stream Elements was one of them. So when I saw your tweet about you officially switching from Streamlabs over to Stream Elements, and because of how uh, streamlined it really was i went out and just started kind of browsing the options looking at it um i just recently downloaded it myself and started playing with it yeah it's a uh, so regarding streamlabs um yes it is it is a more um i would say more feature rich interface for streaming than what you have in base OBS. Like it looks fancier and it has some extra features to it. And plus you can combine it with their online website. And that's really what they try to move you to. And that's what I tried to do in the beginning is utilize their cloud environment where you have their cloud bot come in and all your things are saved up there and then ported down to your then uh, software on your computer but the problem that I really started to see was especially the bot it, it was like um, and for those out there uh, there was originally a bot called AnchorBot or um, I think it was called AnchorBot I'm going to say this right look at the name anyway it was then relabeled as Streamlabs Chatbot which was a client you had downloaded on your PC that then integrated with your stream channel to moderate, to do, you know, what all, all those things you see streamers do where they're, you know, they um, have announcements, do, ra- uh, do raffles, do song requests, anything like that. So that existed before CloudBot, but their implementation of CloudBot, it seemed... Like they tried to reinvent or invent the wheel first before then optimizing said wheel. Whereas they already <laughs> had the wheel with chatbot. It was clunky feeling. Yeah. Like there were several things missing. Um, in what they did have, it had good integration. Like you could have where people went to a website to then redeem channel points. You know, for somebody that hung out in your chat or... or followed your sub they got channel points whatever you whatever you designated and then they could go to a website to redeem stuff for it 
um, like a song request or, or, um, you know, uh, a streamer has to play with only one hand or eyes closed, stuff like that. If you integrate that stuff. But then it didn't do that fully with everything that you had full potential with if you went with the on client chatbot. So with that, I went to the on client chatbot and it got me what I needed at the time. The problem started to show when you tried to integrate the features that then were your uh, stream software, which was Streamlabs OBS, then with your chatbot. Because your chatbot was doing all the processing and you wanted the launcher to like pick up on it and do some things for it. And they didn't play well because it, the way they have built this is they really want you to use their website in the cloud bot. So I had been limited by that a lot. And, and as you said, you're starting to see where in some areas it's kind of clunky. Yeah, the, I don't know, it was just, it was clunky, cumbersome. Uh, it's just so many different screens you got to have open while you're streaming. Yeah. Uh, and granted, I, I am not streaming right now, but, you know, we've got some stuff for the, the podcast later down the road this year that we want to implement. And, you know, that's one of those areas as a streamer, it can get frustrating when you have a management software that's supposed to help you while you're streaming and not hinder you. And for me, I, I had been using Streamlabs and testing it, doing different things. And I don't know, there just seemed to be more hindrance along the way than there was a moment of, wow, I can't believe it's doing this. It's so great to have this thing work for me. It seemed like I was always having a, a bug of some sort. So. Yeah, they. Um, and that, that's what it was. He was like different things that just wouldn't work right. And because of those things that were critical to what I wanted to improve the channel with. So after watching several people that I follow on Twitch, their bots being some uh, being of the stream elements side and <laughs> having uh, a streamer I follow kind of bugged me about it a lot. <laughs> Props to him no for names. staying on it because uh, uh, he it's a great tool. I decided to finally go check it out. I was like, what, what, what's it all about? Why are people using this? And it has been amazing. It is like they took all the best features so far. I haven't seen a kink, a crack or anything like that in how they've laid it out. Besides, uh, there, there is one minor one in that they try to push for monetization of your channel. Yeah, I did see that. Easily avoided. You just don't do it like like they try to push a merch store where you can go put your logo on shirts and they get part of the proceeds you know or you know that part of the setup was you link a donation page before you could continue um people wonder why they did it they're trying to push the monetization yeah. whether you do that as part of your channel i mean that's that's completely up to you it doesn't affect the actual operation of the tool and the bot itself. But from the get go, 
it was they have easy kind of notates of hey you want to import your commands and your um your currency your layout to to stream elements click here link your account and done that was it i i did not have to do uh anything for my obs window and one thing to know about stream elements is it provides a plugin for OBS that then converts your OBS to OBS.live, which is powered by stream elements. So it gains you extra windows, um, uh, extra tools that then stream elements can tie into because a lot of it is based off their on their website. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, I opened up the tool. I launched the plugin. It's like, hey, do you want to import your scenes from your other software? And as anybody that has worked on scenes in streaming, oh my gosh, a test, you spend a lot of time perfecting a single scene. Hours. Yes. One hours. And most streams <laughs> streamers have several scenes for everything yeah. that we need them for. So the idea of yeah, having I mean, to recreate those by hand. Yeah, uh, that'll keep you up at night. Yeah, that's why I've never wanted to switch. Right. And you were talking about the import feature just a minute ago. Uh, that was something I did last night. Actually, every everything that I had over in slobs. Uh, that's just stream L- or stream labs. And uh, did the import feature. The first time I did it, it didn't work. It actually said it aired out. Yep. But then I realized, uh, and I, I don't know if it was why, but my external hard drive that I had a lot of my previous setup and files on, the USB was unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, kind of striking out here stream elements i don't know anything i don't know what's going on here so i tried it again air it out i'm like hmm so i did some research there wasn't really anything out in the forums of people having issues with it so then i started checking my stuff sure enough my usb cables unplugged from my hard drive (laughs) hit import everything worked great Yeah, and and that's how it is. Like every piece of it has been okay. Just hit the import button, and it imports everything over. Um, yeah, I had the same issue with my scenes, and and um, for those out there that are checking out stream elements, it's it's not. Uh, it usually has to do with either a file permission of your base computer or them looking for the file that maybe one of your scenes can no longer pull from. Uh, but uh. It's a uh, it, one, even though mine also like yours errored out, come to find out it had actually pulled everything over. The real gem that comes with stream elements is how they have their website set up in that you can actually build the overlays of your channel on their website. And then for you to pull it up in OBS, all you have to do is copy the URL and it's and it's right there at the top of your URL builder. It says copy URL. You go to your scene. 
you open a browser source, put that there, plug in the URL, and boom, there's your entire scene to your, you know, if you have follow counts, your sub counts, your, your timers, your, like, for me right now, I have a death counter, my overlay at the top, my, uh, all of those graphics in one spot. So if you have a lot going on for your channel, usually that is a lot of, uh, could be a lot of strain on the software to load all the graphics and keep up with all that if it's on your machine. Yeah. But because you have it as part of their website, it makes then your machine and OBS basically not have to do anything to run your stream besides then encoding your video, sending it out to Twitch. Yeah, which takes a lot of the processing power down. Yeah, that piece is really cool. I've just started playing with it over the last couple of days. So still getting everything kind of rearranged for what I want. But, you know, streaming is one of those things that I want to get into. Just don't have the time. Yeah. So I've got too many, got too many things on the plate. Yeah, but I can attest it took me from a full, full setup of chatbot and Streamlabs, it took me two days. It could have actually taken me one day if I had had just enough time, just more time before that stream that day. And I was full operational and running on Stream Elements. That's really cool. Some of those that have more integrated scripts and um, more advanced streams than I have probably would have taken them longer to make sure everything ports over. But because it already uses OBS, which is really the underlying ability of Streamlabs, it makes that even you know, make makes that simple. Yeah, it's really cool. So, yeah, for all those out there listening, if you're a streamer, um, and, and you're thinking about switching or just have questions about it, feel free to reach out, hit me up. Uh, another streamer that knows a lot more than me about stream elements is also Draxel. Um, you can hit him up on, on Discord or, or uh, Twitter. He's also out there. Draxel TV or just Draxel on his stream channel. But yeah, I, I wow. highly now and will be recommending stream element as a go to stream platform. Yeah. Yeah. Streamlabs is definitely a bye bye for me. so yeah and uh i don't know there's just something about stream element it's cleaner looking to me um super user friendly it seems oh and i was going to ask you too the piece of software that you found for auto sizing your windows i was going to ask you if you'd talk about that real quick oh absolutely um this mainly has to do with those that use a stream deck but uh, there has been a user out there that has created plugins for Stream Deck for multiple different uses. The main one that Detach reference is an auto size, auto positioning and auto sizer for, um, for your windows. Like you can have at one click of a button, one click of a button, you can have all your windows launch. And then they resize and position themselves on the PC that you have it on. 
but that is called the tool is called bar raider and you can get that plugin for your stream deck and it, it has one option you click and drag uh, a piece called windows mover you select the position where you want the window that it's targeting to be in the application whatever it may be and then from there you resize it to how many pixels wide to how many pixels long it is from the position that you put it in and its position is always based on the pixel on the screen so zero zero coordinate being your top left corner of that window that you're working on if you have dual monitors or however many so if you're on a normal monitor 1920 by 1080 would be the bottom right hand corner so you can size and adjust from there but with that tool i have been able to with my stream deck one touch of a button and some uh, a quick little launch program that launches a you know it goes through and launches applications and once they've all loaded the bar raider window sizer kicks in correctly positions my apps where they need to be and sizes them you're done it it reduced my stream setup time from 10 to 15 minutes to make sure everything was in the right position and sized and all that to 30 seconds oh my gosh yeah because <laughs> I, I hit the button i walked away i could go get a drink i'd go eat a snack before stream i come back and everything's sitting there ready that is amazing even simpler now because i've gone to stream elements in obs.live because i've been able to eliminate two windows that i used for streaming because of the power of that plugin that's into obs i now have my chat built into obs i now have my alert at my activity feed built into obs so it's just yeah, that's there fantastic. on one screen yeah that's fantastic yep just the fact that we can cut the clutter down on the screen there's just so many things out there for streamers, YouTubers, anybody that makes content. Um, just having all the clutter on your screen sometimes can be very overwhelming. So uh, I'm a minimalist, so <laughs> less is better. Yes. And less time spent doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you set it up just right, you click a button. That's cool. So awesome again for those that have a stream deck and you want to get into that i highly recommend they also have other plugins in there um there's plugins that go right into obs itself i mean the dude dude does a lot of work bar raider you can find him on twitch as well the the real bar raider i think is his twitter handle but he has he has uh he has movie movie and resizer stream counter um what else in here twitch tools audio meters disco visual fact it just goes on of how much bar raider has created for plugins for stream deck that's really cool i'm about to go check him out now yep so yeah that's all the cool tech i've been getting into over the last two weeks or so very cool I have zero cool tech to, to talk about. Nothing. <laughs> That's okay. Like not. I talked a lot. I, I covered <laughs> for you. So with that, guys, we are closing down the show. So thank you all for listening. 
you guys have been such an amazing group of people to hang out with us over this uh, last few years that we've done this podcast. So thank you guys. Um, stay tuned because at the end of June, we are going to have a very special guest on the show. It's a good friend of mine, and he has got a kid's graphic novel that is kind of an 80s retrospect. Um, he actually wrote it for his son. Uh, it's just recently finished up with the art. So he's going to be coming on the show and just kind of chatting about his passion and love for writing. He's a graphic designer. So you guys are in for a, <laughs> you guys are in for a treat. So with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate your support so much. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Always appreciate it. You guys enjoyed listening to the podcast um, and, and the, you know, talking about the podcast and all of it. Uh, we're just a couple of geeks that enjoy talking about uh, all things geekery. So uh, if you did enjoy this episode, you can be sure to subscribe to the All Things Geekery podcast with any of your favorite podcasting apps and also drop us a review on platforms like iTunes or Spotify as reviews do help the podcast grow. Absolutely. And you can also find us out on our social media, especially Twitter. We spend a lot of time out there. You can find me at XDetachedX. You can find Victus out there as well under at VictusATG. And make sure you swing by and check out our Twitter page for the podcast. And that is at the ATG cast. You can join our community over on our Discord channel. And like Victus said, be sure to subscribe. Check us out on all the different platforms. Basically, any place you can listen to a podcast. We're there. Yep, absolutely. And if you are looking for tuning in for live video game content, I do stream every weekday night, 830 Central Standard Time over on twitch.tv forward slash Victus ATG. Right now we are playing through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And if you guys want some sweet swag from one of our partners into the AM and you want a little discount on your checkout, Swing by intotheam.com, check out their sweet clothing, and you guys can use the code ATG at checkout for a 10% discount off of your total purchase. So, and it helps us out a little bit. Appreciate that. So, guys, that wraps up this podcast. We appreciate you guys. So, everyone, stay awesome. We will see you in the next episode.